0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Play Games, Lose Friends. I'm Ryan, here with Ken as always. It is Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. This will probably be our last episode of the year, so a big thank you to everybody who has tuned in so far through uh, our first five episodes. This will be episode six. Uh, It's been fun. We're learning as we go. As you can tell, it's been kind of spotty and shitty at times, but hey, (coughs) we're learning. Uh, So everyone that's joined us so far, thanks a lot. We hope we can bring more good content in 2022. We have a lot of cool stuff planned for next year, and I'm very excited, and I know Ken's very excited to bring all this stuff to you guys.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: I'm going to jump right in to the episode. We are not going to do a review tonight because we have so much to talk about, and the reason for that is because we got a weekend away, as we talked about a little bit last episode, to go to PAX Unplugged. We had the weekend of December 10th through the 12th. Uh, we had four folks go myself and Ken included, and I'm just going to cover day one. We, I only got to go three of us went to day one on PAX, which was Friday. Uh, we got in around maybe 11 o'clock and, uh, pretty close to the normal PAX experience, obviously with a lot of COVID restrictions and stuff and vaccination proof. I feel like the government now has every detail about my facial recognition that they'll ever need for better or worse. Thanks to that stupid app. Uh, But, yeah, it was smaller. Uh, I would say the the merchant area where you can buy stuff was definitely less um, full, I guess, and kind of big brands missing. Yellow wasn't there. Uh, There were a couple others that were kind of cut back, you know, just kind of overall smaller. Uh, I think the exhibition area was definitely shrunk down, too, and the the first place section wasn't quite as big as it normally is. So it's great they were even still able to do it. Uh, very happy that we were able to attend for the short period of time that we did and get some shopping in and, and be able to see some of the sites and stuff, but uh, definitely smaller. And I'm hoping that this COVID stuff eventually dies down to the point where we can get back there without them needing your blood type and social security number and every other piece of information on earth. That being said, uh, after Friday, we got to head back to the hotel. We get, got back a little early, much to Ken's happiness, and Yay. sat down and played some games. So let's talk about – that. we got 10 – Plays of eight different games. We had two games that we played twice. What was your first game, like top game for you, that we got to sit down and, and go through? Uh, you know, at the hotel. Uh,
1: that that's super hard. We did <laughs> so many good games. Like, um, I mean, that's a that's almost a trick question because uh, I well, cause let's, I love start from. I loved a lot the of the of experience and I also let's, don't let's want to throw in. And I, yeah, and I also don't want to ruin what we're talking about later, so because <laughs> one of them <laughs> made that list. Um But yeah, Furnace uh was uh, I guess is, is 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 a newer game in in my collection. Uh engine builder, uh bidding mechanic, since I don't own Nitavalier, I wanted to get some sort of bidding game ish with engine building. Uh we played it twice. Uh because the first time I don't think a lot of us were really understanding, and yet one of our buddies would was almost like a, what is it? What did he did he, did he call himself like that scene in The Hangover where uh, Galifianakis yeah. sees math when it comes to poker? Um, yeah, but like or blackjack, right? Where he sees the numbers with blackjack, and like he had the engine built, he had money out the yin yang. Like Early it was too. to the point. Yeah, it was to the point where I was like. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but yet he was doing something so right. Uh, and and again, I, I think it was meaty, but yet simple. So we were like, let's run it again. Uh, second game, I think I gave him a better run, but I still think he pulled out ahead, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, yeah, he had like it's, – it's funny because I, I was sitting there playing that game thinking, oh, I lo- I'm fairly good at engine builders, you know, traditionally, <laughs> and – I'm sitting there looking at the cards. I'm like, all right, well, I got this, and this converts to this, and this converts to cash, and cash is what you need to win the game. I'm setting myself up well. And I look down at my my uh, table spot in front of me, and I have, like, 12 cards. He has, like, four. But he has the four that are just cranking out coins faster than I can possibly hope to accomplish. So literally by, like – you only have four rounds in Furnace, I think. And then after that – Yeah, you it's basically quick. Basically it's a quick game. the game. And after round one, every game we played, he's sitting at, like, 10 or 15 coins, while the rest of us have, like, three so whatever it was about that just kind of hit in his wheelhouse and the rest of us were, like you said, you and Joe were a bit more competitive. The second game, I had clearly no idea what the hell I was doing because both games had just got smoked, but I really enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely yeah, it's, light.
1: It's a, it's light, but yet very crunchy, very mathy from an engine builder perspective because, yes. uh, like, one of my paths on the second go-round... Again, I'm going to pretend I didn't play the first one... Um, <laughs> <laughs> because of how bad I was smoked. But uh, yeah, there was uh, certain combos that would get you, let's say, seven coins. But you could only do it twice. Well, I had the engine to build the resources to do that every turn. However, there was another one of those that was there. So like doubling up on something that you have now goes from two to four. And if you can get that off early enough... You know, it seemed to have been a nice strategy. However, it still wasn't enough to pull in, uh, pull down the W on that second game.
0: Yeah. And I, I felt like some of the unique powers that you get for like the industrialists, those, like those little pictures with, you know, the dude with the top hat yeah. or whatever, they were uh variable enough that it, it added good variety to the game as you shuffle those out at the beginning. But I felt like the one that he had at the beginning where you can kind of, and the funny thing is, is I had it the second game and. Failed miserably, but the one where you can put your own tokens on top and ignore the placement restrictions that are in place. So when you're bidding, you can you know put your tokens on spots you've already put your tokens to guarantee you get to produce something. Or you know there's a three on someone else's uh, on another card, and you want to put your three there so that it's a tie and nobody gets it. Um, oh yeah, that stuff was stuff like that. That
1: that one power was so dickish. Like <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I like it. I like it, but it was it was a it's a brutal power. Yeah, you know,
0: that one. So I, I really thought that game was just fantastic. I'm the one that asked you to bring it because I was seriously looking at it and thinking about it because it was an engine builder and I'm like, well if it sucks you can save me thirty bucks, but problem is I loved <laughs> it and now I want to play it more and I don't have it, so but the thing is for me I wouldn't play it unless it's our group anyway, so I would love to pick it up, but I probably won't. But that was very surprising to me from, you know, an engine building standpoint, just how quick that game goes and how on you have to be. Like, normally engine builders kind of ramp up a little bit.
1: You almost can't. You can't dilly-dally. Yeah. You have to make every play count in this one. Um, certain yeah, engine, like four said, rounds, it's tight. Yeah, certain engine builders, you can sort of play around a little bit and get your footing. No, you need to be... Planting your foundation from the first token you put out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's very tough. Very fun, but very tough. And, and you really need to dial in quick. So I, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, like I said, I, I'd love to buy it. I just know I won't play it unless it's with you you guys. So you might as well just hold on to your copy because I'll I'll be requesting it again.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, the second game we played twice, we'll, we'll go through our, our two-peats, right, was a game called Dread, Dreadful Circus. Uh, I believe I had mentioned it on my Backed and Bought a few episodes ago. Uh, I was really happy to get this one to the table just because of, you know, it it being a recent purchase. And and I had watched some some playthroughs of it. And uh, much like I thought, our playgroup, I think, really sunk their teeth into it. Again, we played it twice. Uh, I think we ran it right back, right away, or did we take a break and then go back to it? I can't remember.
0: we, We will jump right back in.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and basically it's, uh, you're trying to, uh, build this sort of scoring mechanism tableau in front of you. Um, but yet you have some secret information behind and you're given a hand of cards that, uh, you're trying to auction off to the other people at the table. And so they're secretly trying to buy the card off you and you need to make a decision. It's, it's very Sheriff of Nottingham in a way We're like, you know, people are handing or trying to sneak things through Sherwood, but like they're trying to get you to take their bid. So there's a lot of Table Talk, which I think our group really uh excels at Table Talk. Um I'd like to see this game with more than four, I think would be even more cutthroaty, more political. Yeah, for sure. Which I like about it. But uh I was pleasantly surprised with with how our a group dug dug it and and enjoyed it and you know it's it's one of those that I sort of don't regret owning at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't played anything like that before. Like, it's weird that you get a hand of cards, but they're not yours. Like, you have to get rid of all but what three of them or something like that, and then well, you, get, you to get choose one to play. You do hand. it twice.
1: You do it twice. Yeah, the first one so and you the play last one, one at the
0: beginning. Yeah, exactly. But it's weird to have a hand of cards that you're like, Oh, these are great. And then you're like, Uh, I don't get these. Like I can keep a handful, but that's about it. But then the banter, like you said, kind of seals that game. And yeah, higher than four player counts would be pretty interesting. We were like really just laying it on thick for everyone. Like I'd pass my bid over to Brad and he, you know, would wait for Joe. And then you'd pass yours and be like, You don't want to look at those other boxes because my box has the best stuff in it. And it's just like. (laughs) The level of conning and BS that went back and forth that whole game, it was just really, yeah. really good. And I, I do like um, the scoring conditions were varied enough in that game. I was kind of worried about that when we started playing, but like the the types of cards that exist in the game create a sense of uncertainty throughout the entire game. So even if there's a player sort of – you know they're sitting on either a lot of cash or a lot of contracts or even like – you're not seeing good cards and they're in their other people's hands, or maybe they've gotten stuff already that they've auctioned and won that's that's out on the table. There's cards to steal, there's cards to steal cards, contracts, yep. uh certain types of money. It's just very unsafe so keeps Yeah, it keeps you on your toes because you can't sit back and just like, all right, well if I'm asked my fortune, I'm gonna win. It, it doesn't work that way. So they did a good job balancing the scoring conditions out so that at the end of the game it's pretty dicey depending on who's gonna get get the victory or not but i loved the game i definitely want to try it again with more people like you said i think uh i told you this when we played my only complaint was just those damn paper boxes like such a good opportunity for upgrades for that game but yeah. i think you said it was like what 20 bucks 30 25 bucks it might like, have been 20 cheap. bucks something
1: like that or 30 bucks it's yeah. not it's not expensive but i think you get a lot of good game for the price
0: you do um, for sure
1: and that was the first game i actually had to glue So I glued those flaps of those boxes (laughs) down. So I was sort of proud that they held up. I didn't see any damage. So that's good. Um, But yeah.
0: Look at you hobbying. Next up is painting. Get a little bit of uh, Crayola crayons and melt them onto a model. (laughs) You'll get there, buddy. You'll get there. Uh, So that was the two games we got two plays in each. And the rest we only got one. And I'm going to jump to Joe's purchase of packs so when we yeah. were there friday we walked around and there was a uh, a stand in the you know merch area uh for moonrakers i'd never heard of it before but joe like dialed in on this like I, like nothing else he was just focused on this so we walked through he looks at it we stand there they're kind of giving a demo and he's checking it out and we're checking it out and i, I didn't really at first, I, admittedly, I didn't dig the aesthetic. It was very dark, and I, I could tell it was sci-fi, and I'm not a huge sci-fi person. But we watched it for a little bit. We left, walked around, did your shopping list, found nothing, and then yeah. uh, came back to this Moonraker's, and the table had cleared. So Joe's like, let's get a demo. So he was like gung-ho on this game. We played it. We liked it. He turned around. He spent like 150 bucks, bought the game. He bought um, Player Mat. The play Mat. The or expansion. The play mats, Yeah. He bought a card expansion. There's another expansion coming out. They only have three copies of the expansion. They're prototype copies. And Joe propositioned the game's creator over we there to buy one of the three copies <laughs> of that expansion just so he could leave with it. The guy's like, oh, we only have three. And Joe's like, well, you'd still have two if I bought one. Plus, you'd leave with some extra money. But the guy didn't bite. So um, Yeah, so
1: they sold cool. out every copy of Moonrakers. I was watching yep. uh, another video. uh Everything was gone, uh, and now they are working on a campaign for summer of this year uh, for three uh, new expansions for it. So uh, I believe that might be the only chance, maybe down the road, to get all of it again uh, when they do another print run, probably. Unless they, yeah, still he said have they had some other
0: expansions planned. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen, where they just are out. But the game was cool. It is a deck builder. Um, you're kind of building a spaceship with some crew and, and fighting other players. Uh, I think it's like first to ten victory points, so it's not a terribly long game, but it can get pretty complicated depending on you know who you're playing with. If they're familiar with deck builders, but uh,
1: well, it was it's good. also I, I was, it also has that Munchkin sort of yes. co-op piece to it which uh i didn't quite realize until i'd already failed a couple times what that all meant (laughs) and what uh you know and how you uh you know how you navigate that with the game because it's a very solid deck builder um with that sort of co-op negotiation tactic however you also have this Suspicion like, oh, can I be, can you trust these people to help you? Because there's missions that tell them to fail missions on, yeah. on purpose, or there's objectives to fail missions. And are they setting you they up? They could just make like- you
0: waste stuff too.
1: Yeah. Like even, so- even if you
0: want to win and you think they're going to participate, they could just choose to give you one card that does nothing towards the goal, and then you just blew a turn, basically.
1: Yeah. And one of the, I guess, base components of. Your starting hand is the the blue, uh, whatever. I don't know if it's a resource or uh, you know just a a like thrusters or
0: something like that.
1: And what that allows you to do is to keep your chains going. And there seem to be very minimal stuff that actually gets you extra chains. So it like yeah, uh, so it like forces you down the co op route. However, if you're all sitting at eight points, uh, co op's gonna come and go pretty quickly, Uh, and it's gonna become a very interesting fight for the finish because at the end it's a the race to ten uh, on how you win. so
0: yeah, it was kind of interesting to watch how we just basically stopped helping each other when someone got close to the end. like it just goes away because people don't want to see that person win, but then they also need you know help either from that person or somebody else to even be able to score anything. So it, it's a cool dynamic. Usually those co-op mechanisms in games don't work terribly well. You and I have some fame, infamous ones that we've played that just sucked <laughs> and I had to dump. Looking at yeah, you, we're sorry. doomed. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this one worked out really well. Um, and I think the deck building aspects of it were great. the The ships that you have, you can get four upgrade cards for, and when you purchase them, you can get, like either one-time benefits or you can add cards to your deck. And oftentimes they're balanced where if you don't get cards for your deck, they contain some passive innate power that's really strong. Um, and then you can also pick up crew cards. And some of the contracts or missions that you go on that basically allow you to score victory points to win the game require crew. So a lot of times you'll see players um, – I tried this, this the, the one time we played to pick up more crew so that people will kind of have to lean on me for cooperative stuff to be able to fulfill the crew requirements for some of the quests. Um, but it didn't always work out. I think the game, I think you won, right? And I was second.
1: I feel like I did pull that one out.
0: Yeah, I think you did at the very end because you were able to complete something on your own. And I It was, I remember it was close. Being like, it
1: was close, yeah.
0: It was. I remember being like in the back almost the whole game, and then I had one turn where I put up like seven victory points or something and just shot you know, into the lead or right behind you or something. So there's a lot of cool mechanics in that game that make it balanced enough where you can come back if you're behind or you can kind of stay ahead. But again, that cooperative portion really makes it tough. At the end of the game, you have to be able to do things, these missions on your own or you're just not going to win. So there's a definite balance. Um, But I I agree with you about the blue cards. I thought that was the only thing I didn't like about the game was that it's a bit of a – Basically, like in Clank or or other deck builders, you get like one action to play a card. Well, this is pretty much the same thing. You get one action, you can play your card. You can't play any other cards unless you have more actions. And so this blue card gives you additional action points to drop more to be able to chain, like Ken said. And they're not very prevalent in your starter deck, and they're fairly hard to obtain more of those cards. So that was kind of disappointing in a way where that was like almost the crutch of the game. You could still do stuff from a cooperative standpoint with other players, which is – why you want to volunteer in between turns to help cycle your deck? But if you're not drawing hands with those blue cards in it on your own turn, like you're just boned. You're, you can't do much.
1: Yeah, not having a blue card off the bat in any hand doesn't matter if you're going to help somebody or not. When like either you're picking a quest or you're helping somebody. If you don't have blue cards, you're almost like not. It's it's almost like not even worth having that turn. You yeah. just sort of pitch, get a coin, yeah, you and just move get to on. Play one card. You know. Yeah. Yep. But uh, but all in all, I, I think... thought it was pretty good. Like I thought I, I enjoyed it. I would definitely play it again. Um, I, I yeah. you know, going through it one more time, you know, I was like, oh okay, I could see how I would change certain things or adjust certain things. You know, the objectives, like what what's more powerful, looking at the equipment, what's more powerful. Like I I, I could see more choices and picking things differently a second time around.
0: Yeah, I would definitely play it different too. I think I didn't do enough cycling. I I. Settled with shitty hands too often, and I think that really hurt me, even though I was competitive the whole game because I had that one really big turn. But for the most part, I think it was just not enough cycling of cards, and, and that made the difference for me. But really good game, I thought. A uh, little pricey, but a component quality was really nice. The art's nice. Like, player mats are nice. Everything about it was nice, so I think Joe got his money's worth. I will say they have to think twice about their upgraded uh, player pieces. They were... <laughs> They were like a chrome metal kind of colored 35 bucks for four of them. Not at all worth it in my opinion for, I've seen tons of high quality upgrades for games. That one was just kind of exorbitantly high. So good call by Joe, not picking that up. Let's move on to something we've played before, which is Fort. I'm not going <laughs> to say a whole lot about Fort because there really isn't much to say. I think we love that game. It's one of our best deck builders. It comes out all the time for us and we got another chance to play it and I, just a great game. We got got to try cats and dogs again, I think, didn't we?
1: Well we did kittens, did we, right? We did the cats of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh and the cats, I guess uh and correct me if I'm wrong, but basically what you do is depending on what you discard to your yard, it will attract uh this general pool of cats. And yes. when they're in your yard, they do give you some sort of uh bonus ability that you get to do or uh in addition to points at the end of the game, right? Something right. like that. So Yeah.
0: They're they're and pretty it's always
1: like whoever did it last. So like if it's two squirt guns, this cat comes to your yard. Uh now if someone plays two squirt guns after you, the cat will leave your yard and go to their yard. So it's it could be a never ending, you know, sort of cat fest <laughs> in a way.
0: They're really like in real life cats are fickle. They, the game basically made them the same way. So they just kind of roam around the whole game depending on you know, people's yards. And if you get lucky enough to finish it with a cat, you get to score points. But yes, some of them were pretty hard to keep around. And, and we weren't really playing for them as much as we did for the dogs, I thought. They were kind of just like incidental points as much as yeah. the dogs were. It was were like kind if
1: of- it happened, it happened. But it wasn't like yeah. they weren't like I felt the dogs were more game-changing in a way. Yes, where the cats were just like a nice sure. to have,
0: you know? Yep. Yeah, I thought it was a good addition to the game though, and and not much else to say about Fort. We've already well, reviewed it. It's it's an we amazing also game.
1: did we also did draft our starting hands this time. That's true. Uh so that was a new thing we mixed up. I think we talked about it last episode about trying that for with Fort, because we love Fort, so now we got both expansions played. Uh and we've drafted. Uh and I wanna say I did worse by drafting my own hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, not actually, happy were, with myself.
0: You, you traditionally are very good at that game, and and you did not do well that game. I was kind of yeah, surprised. I, uh, I kind of ran away with that one.
1: And yeah, that was bad. Like it was you. a a poor showing, uh, fort for me. Your showing was uh, poor. I was, I was actually disappointed in myself more than anything. I was so. I bad. could see it in
0: your face. <laughs> like that whole game, just watching you. Like, God damn it!
1: Ugh. I was like, how am I this bad mountain. at this game? i was I love this game. Like,
0: <laughs> I just I attribute it to game fatigue because at that point we had played how many games?
1: Yeah, that was a late night, right? That was late late Saturday or late Friday, one of the two. Nights. I think
0: it was late. It was late Saturday because the la- we, I think yeah. the last game we played was Meadow or Res yeah. Arcana. I can't remember. Speaking of that,
1: it was, are we go. to Meadow.
0: I want to talk about Meadow. I want to start. Can I start?
1: Yeah, please.
0: So we had two huge bags of games, right? I brought a whole shitload of stuff. And so did you, we didn't even get to play half of what each of us brought. So, but we got meadow out. I don't remember who picked it. I, I want to say it was me, but maybe it was you. I don't know, but Holy crap. I'm glad we played that. Um, I have done nothing, but like, think about buying that game since we left packs. Like uh, it's, it's awesome. Uh, way better than I expected. So you basically build a tableau in front of you of cards that are kind of like these land types and then you build stuff on top of them um, with matching symbols in the upper left corners of the cards. And then there's a whole sort of card drafting mechanic where you take these little pointy tokens and you point them at rows or columns and they have a number on them and you count that number of spaces into the row or column to draft the card at that position. Uh, there's also a second section where there's like a campfire where you can put those pointy tokens to do other effects – I think one is like um, draw two road tokens. One is play a card, draw cards. Yeah. Um, It doesn't look like much on the surface. The game itself is beautiful. The artwork's beautiful. Um, It very much stays in the theme of sort of walking through a meadow and discovering things or seeing nature. But damn, that game's good. Uh, I really want to play that again. And honestly, that is probably my pack's favorite game that we played we only got one playing, uh, and I think we all would have done it a little differently after the fact. I can't remember who won, but it was, it was just great. Uh, I really want to play that game again. And I was really surprised by how much I liked it.
1: Uh, yes, I, I couldn't agree more. Again, I, I think I talked about Meadow on episode one. I think I had just bought yes. it when we talked and it was a game. Like again, I loved the art. I loved the mechanics of it, uh and when I posted the pictures on Instagram, I equated it to almost a uh i'll be quite honest i think it's a more strategic more in depth splendor uh for anyone who's played splendor uh it's yeah, good drafting so. cards to like get resources to then buy more cards, and then eventually you have to like get it's all points based and then you win it's a race this one isn't really a race it's a you know, 10 rounds or nine rounds and then whoever has the most points with their, uh, campfire scores and their, uh, their, their meadow that they built in front of them and the roads. But uh, again, if I honestly, if I don't get the expansion from Santa for Splendor, it's gone. I think Meadow 100% <laughs> replaces it in my book because it just adds that next level to
0: it, right? Well, I guess that's, that's a good question. Like, so Splendor is, is solid and is kind of like the, the, base entry in that genre let's say but i think meadow is a little more complicated and so i can see an argument for keeping both of them yeah but if you were right in that they very closely walk the same path
1: but also like uh if you think theme wise and aesthetic wise yes you got those nice chunky chips of splendor right like that helps bring people into the game however the art Of Meadow is fantastic, and I think one playthrough of Meadow with with someone who knows how to play and you watch them and like if you're teaching it to somebody and they watch you, they would say, "Let's go again," and they will put they would not pick Splendor again a next time because Meadow adds that much to it. It's not that difficult. Uh, It's just there's it's just a couple extra more decisions that you have to really play and do them at the right time. Um, but yeah, Meadow was, uh, again, I was very surprised. Uh, number one, I'm happy that you like it as much as I did. Uh When we agree on a game, we know it's going to get more play, and I'm now not regretting the purchase. <laughs> and the fact that it can replace Splendor, depending if I get the expansion or not for Christmas. So hopefully I don't, in a weird way, because I'd like to purge it. Um But yes, Meadow was also a favorite of mine for the weekend.
0: I'm definitely going to buy it, too, because I actually can see this getting played at home. And, and if you're ever not around, I can get it out. But uh, <laughs> it was easily my favorite game that we played at PAX. Uh, it just aesthetically was amazing. Gameplay was amazing. Had enough strategy. And I agree with you. Like It could replace Splendor. I think I'd still keep Splendor because it's a little bit easier for like the kids or entry-level gamers to jump into than maybe Meadow. But if you're going to pick between the two, I would always pick Meadow because it's beautiful and It was just hard enough the whole time, like trying to fulfill some of those requirements in your meadow while the other people were drafting cards. And then it gets to a point where you can't draft cards anymore and you have nowhere else to go with your sort of action tokens. It was just really, really good. Um, I was really surprised how much I liked it, and I definitely want to pick it up. And I'm very much looking forward to getting more plays with the four of us because I feel like it was – I actually remember I I did win, and the only reason I won is because Brad and I tied but I had more of those like uh goals cards or secrets cards or whatever they were where it was like you build on top of your uh your road cards to put this kind of like
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was like by the icons or something.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure he'd love to have that back. I didn't I, I had no idea that was a tiebreaker. I was literally just trying to pile points on at the end of the game and ended up having three or four of those and that was enough to, to give me the win. But what a great game. Definitely a surprise and, and man, I'm glad we played it. Yeah. Uh what do you want to do next? Well We've got um, four left. Or, yeah, sorry, three
1: actually, left. hold on. We have four left. Five left. Actually, you forgot one that we talked about earlier, oh, so yes. I wanted to make that That's a surprise. Right. So uh I-, I wanna talk about War Chest. Uh we-, we did we ran it back, we added an expansion. Right? We added one expansion that you bought at PAX. Is that correct?
0: I have both now. I did buy one at PAX. I have both now, yes. but we didn't play with them yet, so we got to do that. Oh, we it's, still went uh, with Nobility, base? Nobility, okay. which gives you, like, kings and queens, I think. And then there's a siege one, which puts siege weapons in. But it changes the way the game is played, so.
1: Yeah, I really enjoy War Chess for how simple a game it is. Uh, and again, the, the, we play with teams, and we mix the teams up, right? Because it was yep. me and Brad versus you and Joe. I guess we're one apiece at this point right for those teams in a weird way like
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah we are.
1: And again, this one came down to like one or two turns uh where where the chips didn't come out the way I needed them to and uh Ryan <laughs> took what we felt was a very uh lower tier class and ended up winning the game with it.
0: So, the berserker, the berserker. baby. Ripped his shirt off, ran in and captured a control point while killing his own self. But
1: again, War Choice is, sol- War Choice is solid. I really like it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we've played it twice. And every time we play it, I think people like it more and more. Um, there isn't much to say about it because it's just so simplistic. But as you vary the unit types up and you get four people there playing teams. And I'm starting to laugh every time we play Joe Gets the Crow. So I'm just going to start calling him Crow Yagle. <laughs> He just couldn't do much that game. Uh, it was kind of pinned in a in a corner with you guys and was trying his best to sort of defend stuff off. And it made it really hard for him to be able to even get units Yeah, we out just kept pulling him around that corner. Because you guys were just murdering him. We just him. kept pushing him back yeah. and forth. and But the board is open enough where there's opportunities across the different spawn points that you control – to be able to like get units out and do something, and so there's like this really delicate balance between you know loading up units to be effective in combat and still resilient enough and then also spreading out far enough with those units so you're not over bolstering stuff to be able to capture points elsewhere or move around fast if you need to get to somewhere and I think it really becomes key when that attrition starts to take effect like you guys were just we we had one turn to win that game, and if we didn't do it, we lost because. We just had so many units dead, and when they die, they're out of the game, right? You don't put them back in your bag. Yeah. They go in the box, and now you're down to two horses instead of four. And it's just it's just so well done and so well balanced. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet that makes me think I wouldn't play this another 150 times. And I'm real pumped to try the exp- uh, uh, expansion packs because they both look like they vary the game up in a way that's far different than what we're used to playing. I think the siege one has, like, fortresses that you can attack. Um, I haven't read the rules yet because just I want to play more War Chest vanilla. But we had a blast. I love that. Yeah, I think so
1: there's much. a couple of units we still haven't seen. Uh, with just the base. Yeah, which I'm cool. I, I like it. Yep.
0: Yeah, there's three. Um, yeah, it's it's and good.
1: again, uh, for whatever reason, uh, I feel like that uh, the crow, or the falconer, or whatever the heck its its name is, is like one of the more scout powerful pieces but for whatever reason it just couldn't get off and 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 do what it needed to do that game uh and where we just kept uh what is it the end sign that moves around people within two so like you're basically giving someone a free movement yep. which i don't know i felt like Brad and i really took advantage of that like i just kept moving in and out killing oh, yeah, move away did. kill kill like like he, I guess, like I said, we just felt like two bullies just like pushing the same kid back and forth. Like poor <laughs> Joe, while well, then you snuck in with that stupid berserker. I was so mad because by that point I couldn't like move yeah. my guys over there fast enough. It
0: was it was funny. I could, I could see it like dawning on you, and then you're like, "Oh shit, what <laughs> am I gonna do?" And meanwhile, Joe's over there dropping chips, just dying left and right. It was tough because I don't think he had that game so like strategic, but there's that element of what you draw out of your bag. There's a luck element. And he just kept getting, he'd have his crows down and have them positioned to move or to do something useful and just couldn't draw the chips. And I had that same problem throughout the game. And you did at the end too. Like you just couldn't get something onto that control point to stop me. So just a great game. I'm glad we got to play more. I I know for sure in 2022, we're going to be getting at the table a lot more because it's just, I think all four of us love it. And it's very, very good. Let's jump into blood rage. Uh, I've been wanting to play this forever and ever and ever. It's the first of the trilogy for Eric Lang. Uh, I have Ankh, and we've talked about that prior, but I think I asked you to bring Blood yes. to Rage. And uh, yeah, it didn't disappoint.
1: Yeah, you talk. I uh, I need to get my whistle wet, so you tell your impressions.
0: Well, uh, get, getting to, to play Ankh first was kind of almost better, I think, because I got to see – sort of his refinement in a way down to the final entry of that trilogy. There are elements between the two that are definitely shared. A lot of dudes in the map type stuff. Um, you know, positioning is very important. Movement is very important. I think your, your limitations based off your rage track make things very interesting as to what to do with your actions. Just like Ankh, it felt very impactful. Every action you perform is very impactful to the game. The card drafting portion I love, and I can always play a card drafting game. I never get sick of those. I think the whole thing as a package works super well, and I can see why it's probably one of the highest regarded ones. I think the play time ran really long, but that's because we had three people that haven't played it before, and setup for that game is about as bad as Ankh is. But I, will, I probably will buy it at some point in time. Um, I haven't yet played Rising Sun, so that's kind of the next logical path forward for me, but it was great. And, uh, I would definitely do things different than I did when we played. I felt like I I focused too much or too little on the quests that give you, you know, experience, uh, or victory points. I should say, I I focused too much on combat and kind of combat combos. You guys were kind of scoring at the end of each round quite a bit. And I was scoring like during the round, during combats from some of the combos I had set up. So I think I need to get a better strategy next time we play towards balancing those things out. It's kind of tough to do, which is, you know, why the game is fully balanced. The one thing that I did hate was the bullshit that Brad pulled. at the end, <laughs> and, and I tip my hat to him for what That's he did. Of, he basically was golf. behind the whole. Yes, it was impressive. He was behind the entire game. It looked very bleak. He was getting screwed in every combat. He couldn't do anything really. And then at the end of the game, I don't know if I noticed it before you guys did, but I still didn't quite realize the scope of how big this would be from a swing standpoint and scoring at the end. He moved up like 45 points at the end of the game because he threw every model he had into the, the, the land territory that got blown up by, yeah. you know, whatever Ragnarok at the end and just was like so far behind all of us. And can, I think you were ahead at that point, yeah. right? You came in second. And it looked like you had a sure win. And all of a sudden, he takes his scoring piece on the outside track and moves up 45 points and is like 10 or 15 ahead of you at this point. And we're all sitting there like, what What are you doing? Yeah, like, I, how
1: is that even that, possible? That like, came out of nowhere for me. Like I was like, uh, number one, I never saw that card. So I don't know how. He must yeah. have first picked <laughs> it either. when we drafted one of those ages.
0: But then to also pull the monster... Yeah, I don't think it ever went around.
1: ...that actually could also target Ragnarok. So, like, it didn't matter where Ragnarok was supposed to go. He was controlling that. And if you didn't yep. get in there and stop him, you could not stop him. So it was just, oh, I'm just going to die and get all these points. So thanks. And it's just like, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, so it was
0: like, he, he scored like... I think it was like four points or something for each unit that dies in Ragnarok at the end. And then he moved all his models in there and had a card that basically doubles the amount that you get. So he just shot up like some ridiculous amount of victory points at the end and ended up winning the game. So again, tip my hat to him. That was a pretty cool combo to see. And and we were all like, literally, let me see that card.
1: Yeah. Blood rage is all about finding the combos in your cards that you're drafting. And you maximize yeah, them that by the as best you
0: can. Yeah, it's it's great. I, I love the upgrades you had. Those tiles that you put on top to make it look <laughs> like it's ruined yeah. the end was cool. It added some more theme to the game. Models are beautiful. I would love to paint some of that stuff. Um, just great. It was really great. I definitely want to buy it, but I, I would love to get some of those upgrades. Are there expansions for it that, nope. that you don't have?
1: Well, oh no no no, okay. no that I don't so have. Just- so there are. Uh So there was two expansions that came with the Kickstarter. One was uh the Mystics, which are like the Wizards. So if you think about the Priests that you have in Ankh. Oh, I think you have that, right? It's sort of like that. Yeah, so there's Priests. So those are the other pieces inside the Broken Token that we didn't get to play. Okay. And then there's a... It's like a god's expansion type of thing where uh again I've never really played it so I don't know but it adds another sort of play style probably another way to earn points but I have not got a chance to play it. but it but co- it, it's yeah, all we we're
0: going to have to get that to the table again cuz yeah. uh I left unsatisfied with my performance and <laughs> That's like me and thoroughly <laughs> mind blown from Dubad's uh, little jump up there that was ridiculous. It was good though. Very good game. Um definitely pumped to play it again and it makes me want to try rising sun even more because again that's the second entry completely not completely different but different enough that i think it's going to be have you played rising sun yet i have not
1: own it all right well, it it sounds all. like we got something and on we'll schedule it, but... for
0: 2022
1: yeah but well, i'd love to get to the table so i can then say that i have successfully completed the eric m lang
0: trilogy and we'll see if brad can find some other broken combos in that game too <laughs> uh
1: so uh next is a. Uh... A game that we were really hoping to find, uh, the newest expansion at PAX. Uh, and this is for Rez Arcana. We are both huge fans of this engine builder, this combo builder. Uh, we've taught it to our wives. We've taught it to our kids. Like, and we have, we, we each had the first expansion and it was on both of our lists for Friday. It was supposed to hit retailers on December 10th. Uh, which was the Friday of PAX and, and Womp Womp. It wasn't there. Yeah, so
0: I was disappointed.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming it was due to shipping and supply chain and blah 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 dumb stuff. So uh we'll just <laughs> yeah. uh, have to wait and be patient. Just attribute it to dumb stuff. Yeah, just chalk it up to dumb stuff. So uh but again we still got Res Arcana out. Uh and I even think you did you throw in some of the expansion portal or monuments yep. I feel yeah, like they had are. everything
0: in there. Yeah. So It was demons, uh, Luxet Tenebra, I don't know how the hell you say it. Again, my Latin is poor. We had the demons in there, we had the extra places of power, we had the extra uh mages. So yeah, we had everything in
1: there. Uh, and we also drafted our starting hands,
0: right? Yeah, that's the First – no, I think we – I think you and I may have drafted Did the we? first time we played. Okay. Yeah. With the I wives? So. I think so. Okay. But yeah, that that's uh, easily right now my number one engine builder. It's just so damn solid in Reza every kind way. Of is, expansions is fun. It is. I, I'm excited to see what the new expansion – it's a new resource type. I think Pearls. So I don't know what it's going to add outside of that. I saw some card previews, but – just looks to be more of the same with some twists. I know they raised the victory point total too. So instead of 10, I think it's 13 now. Okay. Um, which means there's probably a, ba- a big power swing in some of the newer cards, which is fine with me. I feel like 10 is the right balance for that game. It doesn't run too long. It doesn't run too short. Um, curious to see how 13 plays. But you can't get a better engine builder than that. It's just so cleanly balanced. I've seen – so many people play that game and have no idea what they're doing when we start. And by the end, they're like, oh my God, I see it. Like, yep. it's like this revelation of here's what I should have done, or here's what I could have done, or here's what I did to win. And that's the mark of a good engine builder in my mind.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it was amazing the fact that you had, uh, you know, we played Moonrakers, we played War Chest, we played uh, Fort, we played Furnace, and we played Res Arcana, and they're all they they like there's like threads that theme through them and yet Rez Arcana still does it differently than, than everything else. And I think that's again a testament to the design of that game. Uh, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah. And, it really and is. You and could, and I, it you still shift blows gears. my mind you only start with eight cards. Yeah. <laughs> and like you're supposed to make something happen. And people are always like, Well, what do I do with this? Like, that's not a lot of cards. And you'll like, you'll see. You'll see. figure it out. <laughs> that's the that's the game, right? Yeah. It's a puzzle. Unlock it. And and then win. (laughs) Do you remember who won? I I think his name rhymed with Brian.
1: (sighs) Did you? Because I feel like I came close, (laughs) but then you beat me by a turn, right? Yeah. Do you remember? I think we. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. It was like sudden death. Sudden death, (laughs) and then you just like went and and had so many more than me, but it was close.
0: Chick on him in the Dragon Hold. Yeah, that was that was
1: was very angry. Uh, yeah, you were disappointed. I, I had that win, and then I somehow lost it in the last and, – and then you <laughs> snuck in there with two turns or something like that. But like I, I smelled victory. I tasted it, and I just couldn't get it pulled off. My card combos didn't work the way they needed to.
0: There's always next time, buddy, and hopefully we have another expansion to add when we do.
1: Oh, absolutely. I can't wait. I love that game.
0: So we jump to parks next. Yeah. Parks. Uh, I have played parks plenty. You've played parks yeah. plenty, but Brad had not played parks and was interested in the game. So we got that out. Um, it's always a good time to play parks. I don't, it's one of those games where you can just kind of like shoot the shit while you play and have a good time and not feel too invested in it. Um, it's challenging enough that traditional gamers like ourselves that are, you know, more into heavy stuff can still dig in and, and get a good bite out of it. But, uh it's definitely lighter and and I think everybody had fun playing it. I loved you sitting there the whole time uh fake complaining about how much you hated this game and wanted to play something else and that you were disappointed that he picked it <laughs> and him believing you. <laughs> I and, like, love getting Parks. What hurt are playing. The game. I love Parks.
1: Parks it was a per- it was the perfect game for that moment, right? It like Yep. We could we were uh, we were chilled, we were relaxed. Uh parks is just that perfect game in. yeah we were getting getting a little tossed up which is nice and parks was just you know and again i never cared about the camera more than that i did that game right and like <laughs> every time that camera got taken or someone stole something from me like i just really embellished how angry and mad at the game i was like <laughs> On purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't know how to take it, and that made it more enjoyable. Um, and I think, like, you and I swapped that camera the whole game. I yeah. don't think anybody else did.
1: I don't think anyone else took a picture of the whole game except for you and I.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh. I mean, it's it's such a solid game. It's so easy to play. I think he liked it. He dug the aesthetic. Obviously, the game is just component quality and yeah. cards and art and everything about it. Is just, it you're not going to find anything more well-produced than that for the most part for house. Simple it is, and, and beautiful it is. It's such a good game underneath, and I'm glad we got to try it. I don't know if he's going to buy it or not. I think you had purchased Trails, which is kind of like the lighter card version of Parks. I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet, but I could see him maybe digging into that too. Yeah, so
1: again, it's that's a little more approachable. That's twenty bucks as opposed to I think I want to say Parks has like a fifty dollar price tag because of the component quality. Yeah, it is. But
0: I think it's forty five now. Yeah, something
1: like that. But like Trails is like twenty bucks, and it's basically. The same game ish, but I keep hearing that you can own both and it's not a problem. But I don't know, uh, or you, or you don't feel bad owning both. I guess I don't know. I think I white <laughs> feel a little because it just feels like more simplistic parks, but yet it still yeah, has the same maybe that can choices so two player like, list. Yeah, I don't know, um, but I haven't played it yet, so I can't really pass too much judgment. Other than my my gut is it's you don't need both, but. <laughs> Yeah. If you don't think something's going to get played, I'd rather spend twenty dollars versus forty five
0: fifty. Yeah, I'm with you there. So. Although Parks is just so lovely that I, I I had to own it just off the looks, and then ended yeah. up loving the game. So I don't regret having both. If I end up, you know, doing that,
1: is yeah. I mean, even missed? like uh, I'm going to tell you what we missed, but just one last thing of Parks. Like, you know how like some of the how like fancy people set up chessboards or checkers or like this game parlor in their house. Parks is one yeah. of those games that like you could spend the money and put it out and people would feel the same way about oh, the aesthetics yeah. and look of that. You know, like, ooh, what is that? Like all like aristocratic, you know, but yeah, I really
0: want to try to score some full size prints for that game when I get the board game room in the basement completed. I want that cosmic art or cosmic frog art. <laughs> I would like some parks art. I got some other things that I, that I want, but it's just so the art is so distinct and unique and cool that. It's it's worth it. It's it's a good game. And All now right, for next? the final I'm game.
1: Excited. The game that you had I forgotten. I believe I can't remember it. And the game that you usually are a master at. And I actually don't really enjoy playing this game with you because of it. Uh <laughs> and that is the Quacks of Quedlinburg with the Herb Witch oh, expansion. Yeah. And not only did we play, not only did we play with an expansion. Not only did you pull ahead, but that catch-up mechanic was your doom. And I pulled so far ahead in in that game to the point where, like, I had pieces off the board. And I had never been that good at that game. So uh, I really lived a little high off the Quack's Hog, so to speak, that night. But uh,
0: I I enjoyed this playthrough. It was good with four of us. That was your first time, like, actually showing me... That you're capable of winning that game. That was impressive. <laughs> uh, you, you just had the right the right pick. I mean, again, there's so much luck in that game, right? You're, it's a bad yeah. builder. You're pulling stuff out blind. Um, but you just had the right – I think this is the first time you kind of set up the right combination of chips to get yourself way out there. And that catch-up mechanic just – I shouldn't – there's almost a strategy there of not getting ahead too early so that you don't give people that advantage uh, to catch up. Because you got to kind of keep track of what they're buying and, and the risks you're running and running into them catching up to you. And it's just uh, – it's so good though. I, that is my favorite. If if there's ever a time where I'm going somewhere to take a game to people who play games but aren't heavily into games, that's like my drug for them. That's the one I'll yeah, take quacks is fun. it's, it's easy fun. enough. To, it yeah. is. It's just straight up fun and silly. And I, I think sometimes it's just a turn or a round too long feel like they could cut one round out of it and the playtime would be a little better. But overall, like, I've never played that game with a group of people who didn't like it because that's just a really fun game to play.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I forgot and, that. And again, I, I we've played it, what, two or three times together? I've never really been a huge fan. Uh, I, I, I think it's uh, a solid game. I like – I get it. And for whatever reason, I was, like, just on – with this last playthrough, oh, yeah. like I've never, I've never played a game that that I had gone that far around the points track. Like
0: you, you went out of the pot, a, yeah, like, like <laughs> one or two times.
1: Yeah, like like that never happens.
0: Yeah, so I was or very.
1: It was a very unique experience for me playing Quacks.
0: Yeah, and I like the expansion. Um, yeah, Herb another Witches expansion was nice. that those coins out. were cool. Yeah. Yeah, some of the effects. And again, like one of the things that blows my mind about that game is I've played it probably 10 times or more at this point. So not a lot, but enough. I never have used any of the flip side scoring conditions or or abilities of the tokens. We always just play the vanilla one because I'm either playing with people that have never played it before. I'm playing with people that have only played it once or twice and kind of need to go through the basics again to kind of give them that familiarity of chips and what they do. There are so many potential ways to play that game, and I still haven't even played the other side of the cauldron board, where it's like these <laughs> little vials at the bottom. So I would love to get that to the table with like another group of people, like three or four more times, just to get to try the different variations, because it probably introduces all kinds of additional chaos. And there's lots of replayability. Another in that expansion box. coming out. Oh my god, yeah, so much. There's another yeah. expansion out in Europe, and I think it's making its way over here. It already has called the Alchemist Twenty Two. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what the hell it adds to the game, but I'm buying it because I just that that game is such a classic to me, and I'll <laughs> definitely pick that up. Yay, more expansions! I can't believe I forgot that. You're right. That's such a and, and again, that was another one that Brad picked that you were sitting and you're like yeah, this is a <laughs> and he's like well, whatever. Well, you should have picked. I, I love that whole thing. Just that dynamic that was there all weekend of him believing you.
1: I mean I'm playing board games. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. Yes. Like I lo- like I love board games.
0: Like yeah, we could have been playing
1: pogs or tiddlywinks yeah. <laughs> I mean crossbows, crossbows and catapults would have been fine, you know, like
0: <laughs> Yeah, drinking beers playing games doesn't matter. Speaking of beers, let's dive into the beer review. Uh what do you got this evening? I am enjoying my current
1: favorite sour. It is from the Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. It is a pineapple, papaya, fandango. It is a kettle sour beer with pineapple and papaya. Now, the scary part about the Toppling Goliath is that they do not put the ABV on the cans.
0: Yes, I've mentioned that before. (laughs) I think
1: you've mentioned that before. It's dangerous. So this could be... This could be two or four... (laughs) Or a, a 10, as we uh, know that those exist. But uh, it's uh, a beautiful, wonderful sour. If, if you're a sour fan, it uh, doesn't have the lactose, so that's good for me. Uh, but this is the Toppling Goliath uh, Pineapple Papaya Fandango. Ryan,
0: what do you got? Fun beer fact for you. Uh, kettle sours, I learned because I had one on tap last time, are sours that are made in a kettle that are basically done so to sour faster than a traditional fermented sour, which can take a lot longer. So it basically huh. allows them to make sours quicker than they would otherwise. So Beer fact of the day for you. Uh, yeah, I, I liked Your green, kettle sour
1: was good too, that you had.
0: Yeah, uh, Victress. you uh, can't even remember the name of it, but it was a cranberry lime kettle sour. Really, really good. And not too high. I think it was 6%, maybe 7 I can't remember, but very good. Uh, I'm having a green yield from drown lands brewing in new york it is a new england style ipa uh, i don't think i've ever had any of their stuff before and i know i traditionally will always like new england styles for the most part so bought the six all um very happy i did it's really good very hazy uh has all those same kind of notes of flavor that most new england ipas have i think it's around 7.5 just really good don't have any complaints about it. I probably pick up more of their stuff. I really don't see a lot of their beers uh, at my local distributor, but I didn't haven't looked terribly hard. So next time I go back, I'm going to see if I can pick up more of their stuff to try. And I almost wish that we did a list of beers we had at PAX to do like many reviews because <laughs> dear God, Joe walked in and goes, I need help with the cooler. And I'm like, "Uh, Okay. This cooler had to weigh like 60 pounds. It was just full of various types of new trail beer. There was what? Uh, probably 14 different brewing. types of beers at yeah. least? I mean, I brought that. You brought your own. Uh, or Joe brought that. You brought your own. I had my own. I brought 24 packs, six different types of four packs. Uh, we just had so much beer. Yeah, drink, I brought we four different get beers. close to finishing it. Yeah. Yeah, you had what? You had uh, Founders stuff, right?
1: I had some Founders. I had some Jacko. Uh, I had uh, some of this toppling Goliath. Uh, and I thought there was one, maybe two different founders I brought, but yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a good variety, plenty to drink, uh, kind of regret not recording it. Well, I, I recorded it on untapped cause I try to keep track what I drink in there. So if I know I've had it or not and liked <laughs> it before, but it would have been good to, to note that, but let's just say there was copious amounts of New Trail brewing beers, uh, consumed throughout the weekend. And if you've never checked out new trail and Williamsport PA, They are one of the best breweries in Pennsylvania, in my opinion, at this point. So if you have not had any of their stuff yet, yeah, it's – and it started – I'm pretty sure their distribution is well outside of our area in uh, eastern Pennsylvania now. So check them out if you get the chance because you're not going to find a brewery that does New England IPAs a whole lot better than them. They are fantastic and they branched out to do sours and stouts and all kinds of stuff. They're just fantastic there and and, Joe has been there a couple of times, drove up. Uh, a bit of a hike for me, but someday I'd like to go. I don't think they sell Sixtals directly. I'm not sure I want to drive two and a half hours to drop them off when I kick them, but maybe someday. We'll see. All right. Um, let's take a moment to talk about 2021. What a what a year, right? like <laughs> Good and bad. Yeah. Good because we started okay. a podcast. Good because we had a board game group that got lots of plays, all different stuff in. But we're going to talk just between the two of us, and you're going to get to go first, of our okay. top five games – Of 2021. Now, these are games that didn't come out necessarily in 2021, but we got to play in 2021 either a lot or for the first time. Basically, the top five games for us that were most impactful this year in terms of, you know, enjoyment or fun or whatever it is. So why don't you start with your number five and we'll we'll just bounce back and forth.
1: Yeah, so uh, I almost feel like I need to keep the honorable mention thing going, but I didn't plan that. (laughs) That well,
0: Um, I'm sure you could come up with one on the fly. Yeah, I mean, there's any shortage.
1: I mean, obviously there was so many honorable mentions just from Pax (laughs) night alone, like (laughs) that I thought were fantastic. Yep. Um, But no, I'll jump right into number five. Uh, This was a a game I backed on Kickstarter. Uh, I, I feel like it showed up in 2020, but I didn't get to actually get it to the table until 2021, and that is Almanac: The Dragon Road. Uh, we played it, uh, with some friends, uh, and family members, uh, you know, earlier in the year when we took a trip to their place and, uh, just, I, we fell in love with it. Uh, it was simple. It was fun. It was, you know, aesthetically pleasing. It's, uh, for those who don't know, it's, uh, Scott Alms, who is, uh, famous for the, uh, Tiny Epics. And he partnered with Colossal and basically you get this book or this almanac and it's a worker placement sort of campaign where you almost think of like Mario Party if you've ever played Mario Party for any of the Nintendo's where oh, it's yeah. like
0: your job a lot is of frustration to frustration caused by that game
1: <laughs> yeah so you're <laughs> and trying kids to throw controllers you're trying to get to the end uh, of a board game and this is the end of a campaign but there's mini games along the way and basically it's levels and the levels build on top of each other so like certain uh resources are worth more in certain levels and it's a it's an economic game so you're trying to buy low sell high throughout this campaign while you're just increasing you know what you can do you're increasing your goods that you can carry you're increasing your crew that you can uh have part your your guards to help you during little stories uh, through uh through the game and every so you, I think you end up playing like six or seven of probably twenty-some in the almanac for one playthrough. And whoever wins each individual one gets to pick where you go next. And it is just a very fun worker placement game. Uh, I know it's, I'm not a big worker placement guy, but this, uh, is a nice, uh, I, I almost want to say gateway-ish, more fun worker placement than some of your really hard, crunchier, almost bland, uh, what is it? Beige, beige cube games that you, we, we make that joke about. Yeah. But yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that, uh, Kyle was joking about last interview segment. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Page Almanac, traitors. the Dragon Road, and, uh, uh, I believe the sequel, or the expansion, standalone expansion, comes out uh, in 2022, which is another almanac. So, when you put them on the shelf, it'll look like you have these two books next to each other. Oh, that's cool. So, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm like excited. like dice
0: throne. Yeah. So, you're number five, right? We talked about it already, in it's War Chest. Um, I had always been... Kind of been intrigued by it, picked it up this year on a whim, saw it at Barnes & Noble, and I've completely been smitten by this game. Uh, I want to play it like every time we get together. It just is, for how simple it is, it's so damn good. It's so deep. It's so variable every time you play. The, the 1v1 mode's great. The team-based 2v2 mode is great. The expansions look great. I love the poker chips, how good they feel. The component quality of that game is as high as it gets. It's just awesome i want to play it all the time i get (laughs) pissed when i can't play it at home because nobody will play it with me at home because it's literally like the antithesis of anything anyone in this house other than me wants to play so i can't wait to get more games that in in 2022 that's easily my number five this year
1: I, i love that game that game is solid you have every right to add it to your list so my fourth again we talked about a little earlier is meadow and uh a couple of reasons why. Number one, uh, you know, we uh, we got to the table. We only played it once, but uh, I love what we what we saw and and what and and how it plays and and the strategy of, you know, if you don't want to draw a card but you want to play an action or you you need to play a card but you can't you don't want to waste your hand or waste a turn. Like it, it, it's a solid uh, little tableau builder. Um, also, the fact that it replaces Splendor for me, Sans expansion, I- I'm, I'm always happy to swap out with something sort of air quotes Get better. that shelf
0: space back. Yeah. So, uh, that's a meadow. So, my four, which you'll laugh because I gave it less than a five, is Nidivalir. Uh <laughs> We had a blast every time. We got this to the table. I don't have very many games or really any games that are sort of a bidding mechanic like this, and this one is just so unique in that you can sort of change your bidding mechanic's strength throughout the game by buying higher-value coins. Its presentation isn't necessarily the greatest thing I've ever seen, but the gameplay underneath is fast. It's fun. It's just good and I want to get the expansion if I can ever find the damn thing, but I've had so much fun every time we put that game on the table, and I think all four of us want to play it more. There's so much variability in the results of the game. I don't have any complaints about it for the most part, other than it's not quite a five, as you'll bust my balls for, but that's okay. Uh, I definitely could, could play this any day.
1: I believe that is my honorable mention. I have it written, and I crossed it out because <laughs> we kept changing like what our format was going to be for this list. So right there is my honorable mention. Nidavellir. I agree. Yeah, it's a solid it's so game, grim. and and yeah, the fact that you didn't give it more fives that's that's just bad on your part. But uh it's a fantastic oh,
0: game. I'll, I'll suffer at the pearly gates. So they'll did they'll, you they'll did look you have my put- life and go back and that'll be the one thing that they keep me out of heaven. Since you couldn't
1: pick it up, think of Aaliyah at PAX. Did you add it to your Santa list?
0: I did, but uh, I'm not expecting it, let's say. (laughs) It's going to be one I pick up on my own after the fact, most likely, which is fine. As long as I get it, I'll be happy. And again, like, we have played that game a few times. We haven't even used all the hero cards that you can draft because I kept a couple out for simplicity's sake. They tell you to just leave them out. so. We'll go whole hog next time and throw all the shit in and play and see how yeah, it goes. Yeah, I'm but good. That is definitely my number four.
1: Uh, so my next one, number three, it uh, it's with our group. And, and I have to give it to Oath uh, for 2021. This, uh, the more we play it, continues to uh, – I continue to love it. I want more of it uh i i want to i want to also draw on the chronicle like i think we joked about in our first impressions <laughs> you like, like your homework i want to do homework i want to do my art project uh i have an idea for how i want to do it like i just i want it'll be different than everyone else's style like i i just I'm, i want to win so i can get the chronicle <laughs> um but i but i love the mechanics of the game again the simple on the surface uh but the politics, and 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 just it's it it, it actually makes me never want to play any other type of social deduction type of game because of how good this game sets you up to be a almost ha- like you're like you're in the show House of Cards or, or like how you are in Sopranos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just you you feel like that when you're playing. So my number yeah, three is Oh uh,
0: Fantasy poly Walnuts.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm going to give you two favor, one secret, and a pack of gabagoo. <laughs> uh, my th- number three is Meadow. Uh, one playthrough blew me away so much that it became one of the most memorable games I played of 2021. Um, we said pretty much all there is to say about it, so I'm not going to go into it. But I-, I I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it and how badly I wanted to play it again after just a single playthrough. There aren't many games that I ran into in 2021 Only the two that are higher on this list, really, that made me want to dive right back in. And it's just that good. The presentation's just that good. Everything about it is great. Um, So I can't wait to play it again. We got to get a couple games in next year, early next year.
1: Yeah, I actually think meta might make it to New Year's if you think that would work.
0: I think that's a great idea.
1: Okay, cool. I did too. All right. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number two. For me was uh simons marvel united and, and the reason why uh this is so high on my list is because it was a game that I played a lot this year with my son uh he he really enjoys the aesthetic he enjoys the co-op nature of the game I've tried you know we've this has actually been like the year of co-ops for me and my son we've played Arcadia Quest we've played stuff fables and we've played Marvel United and he always like he loves Arcadia Quest. He loves Nibbles. He likes stuff Fables, oh, but Nibbles. He, he always asked to play Marvel United. We actually almost played last night. It had come up and then we got sidetracked doing some other stuff. But like, uh, I could see us getting even more Marvel United to the table before the end of the year. And the new one is coming, the, the second coming of what is it? The Marvel United X Men version. Like just the amount of stuff that I bought for that. Like my son and I are going to have a good. Couple of years worth of content. Um and again, it's a simple game. Anyone can play it. You could teach it to anybody. It, again, liking or or being a fan of Marvel does help get into it a little bit more. But from a mechanical standpoint it's pretty simple. But that would be my number two, Marvel United. That actually might be my most potentially my most played actually uh of two thousand twenty one.
0: We got to try that sometime with the boys and see yeah. if uh if Jack would be in cuz I think he probably would enjoy it too. We've played Champions before. Um the deck builder and he he d- he dug that too. I think uh United seems a bit more approachable though, so that might be something he would be interested in. We'll have to try it sometime.
1: Yeah, it's like a notch right below complexity level of Champions.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he would probably be into it. So my number 2 this year was Ankh uh Gods of Egypt. And again, I had not played an Eric Lang game before, so this is my first one. And I have not really seen, other than my number one, which you probably know what it is already, yep. uh, the type of tenseness and stress and anxiety and pressure in a sort of dudes on a map game like I've seen in Ankh. Um, every action is impactful. You know, we've talked about this a little bit before in prior episodes. It's just so um heavy and sort of chess like in, in many respects with where pieces go and how to resolve certain things with combats and, and conflicts. It's just fantastic. Some of the most tense moments I had gaming in 2021 were in Ankh. And I think, you know, we we've just barely scratched the surface. We've only played I've only played three or four times, only seen you know, I haven't even seen all the gods yet. I haven't seen all the guardians yet. I haven't played all the scenarios yet. There's just so much more to unlock in that game. And every time I get it to the table, yes, it's it's a slog. It's three four hours long, but I'm pretty much enthralled the whole time through. I, I, I Can't say that for yeah, too many games. It doesn't, um, but it doesn't feel like you're there it.
1: that long. Like you just you're no, intense. You're in in the moments. You're you're studying and watching what everyone is doing.
0: Yeah, you're like scheming it, and, and yeah. planning. It's it's brilliant. Um, so I am so happy. That's one of my first really big kickstarters. My first really big Seamon one for sure. And I don't regret it at all. Uh, I am very excited to try to get more of that in in 2022. I think it's going to be, you know, something we just spend time on because we haven't, like I said, haven't barely scratched the surface yet. So definitely number two, just a masterful game and very excited to play more. All right. Drum roll. What's your number one? Do you know what my number one is? Like a guess. Uh, Hmm. That's a tough one. I think
1: I know your number one, which I've already said it on my list, but. Yours obviously is a little higher, but I think uh, your number one. Is it gonna be Fort? No. Close though. Uh my number one is summer camp. Uh, oh duh. I uh <laughs> <laughs> actually summer camp, I, I think I said about Marvel United having the most gameplay. Summer camp might be close. Uh it's right on its heels. Say, I'm
0: surprised that's not your most played because we've talked about that before.
1: Yeah, I love summer camp. My family loves summer camp. My wife loves summer camp. We've taught it to you know to Ryan and his
0: wife. Uh, we've taught it to wife beat the shit out of all of us. <laughs> She's brutal um, in that game, man. She's good. Yeah, she, she sees it like
1: like Brad saw furnace. Like <laughs> my wife sees yeah, that, summer camp.
0: Rain you know, man the, brain they have yeah. for certain game titles is amazing.
1: Uh, it's a Phil Walker Harden. It was mass market. You could get it at Target. You could get it. And, and, and for whatever it was, like, I just, I saw it and I bought it, you know, without any reviews. I just loved what I saw. And I was like, it can't be that bad, right? And boy, was I pleasantly surprised how much game is in this. Again, we talk about the replayability of like quacks or, uh, uh, what, war chest, right? And and a valir. This game is like right on their heels too, because there's like, you can always mix up the three activities and it, the big, I think it comes with like nine or 12 out of the gate. Yeah. And again, we just want more. I want more content. I want more expansions. I want more crafts to, or not crafts or badges to achieve, you know, uh, at summer camp. Again, we've taught so many people this game this year. I guess I would say this is our most taught game. Let's put it in the category, right? We've taught this to so many people. I've recommended it to to people I've talked to, like on the you know on the streets or having you know certain phone calls with certain people about stuff. Like it is a, just a solid game. And again, I you know it, it, I don't know if you liked if you like anything that Phil Walker Hunting has ever done. This is like his next sort of evolution of gameplay. Is, is how I felt
0: playing it. Yeah, it was solid when we played. I wasn't blown away at first, but I think that's one of those games where if I play it more, I'm going to start to see more. I think I was kind of focused on not necessarily trying to dominate the game and be hyper-competitive because of the audience we were playing with. But it was it was solid and, and the mechanics that are mixed together and it work right. It's just – it's one of those like standby type games that you could always play and have a good time. So, so you're number one – you know what it is? It is definitely uh Oath uh, yep. Chronicles of Empire and Exile by uh Leader Games. It is just a brilliant design. Everything about that game is brilliant. The melding of different mechanics, the focus on kingmaking, politics, uh the art, the components, the cards, the denizens, the way you control uh, you know, areas of the map, the way you divide yourself up dudes on a map in some respects uh it's just so damn good in every way um the chronicle aspect that you talked about when when you had it in your list is one of the most (coughs) unique and interesting things i've seen in any game so far there's a sense of ownership and history to your campaign that you play and you can choose when to end it i've never played a game when you can just choose when you're done um, so, our, our kingdom has been rolling for three or four games so far, and, and we've seen different beautiful drawing entries and write ups in the Chronicle about the history, which is always written by the victor. I know Cole Worley's a history buff and, and likes historical games, and he made one that somehow doesn't have any prior historical foundation other than like the theory of politics and, and societies uprising and falling. But managed to capture it in a game that just has a level of uniqueness, a level of fun, a level of you know drama, and, and it just it hits on every cylinder when we play. And a lot of it does have to do with the group you play. I'm not going to lie; if you have a group that can't get immersed in it in some fashion, you're not going to have as good of a time. You're just not. But our group definitely is. We play the roles to a T. We we just have nailed it, and that game has nailed. Uh, the number one spot for me this year. It was fantastic the first time I played. It's a bit of a slog to learn, but as you go, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And I can't wait to continue our campaign into next year and see where we end up. So that is my number one. I definitely tip my hat to Leader and to Cole Worley and to Kyle and everyone else involved. What a game. Uh, I'm Smitten by Oath beyond uh, anything else in 2021. <laughs> You're I definitely
1: a deep going. smit with uh, Oath. And again, there's a reason for it. It yep. is that yeah, amazing.
0: It's, it's, um, it's just something else. There's nothing else like it. And and that's part of the reason why it's a draw for me is I look for stuff that's a unique experience and that hits the nail on the head there. There's just nothing else like it. So those are the top five gamings or well not gamings gaming moments i guess of, of 2021 or games in 2021 that we've played again not necessarily released that year but stuff that just stuck with us or yeah you know stood out for us this year so good list for both uh, i think uh we had some similar stuff which is good to see and should speak highly to everybody of of what we think of those cuz if we're both on the same page with the variety of stuff that we both have
1: yeah two out of five were,
0: were were yeah. on each other's list uh um, Th- three you know, obviously on there, <laughs> Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, let's dive into Backbot. I have a big list for once, and oh. I'm sure you do too. Actually, gonna... I do
1: not. I was struggling oh. to find – I only have like one of each right now. I only have two things. So, I think you
0: not being physically present at PAX was both a blessing and a curse, uh, a blessing for your wallet, a curse for this podcast, because there's just not as much stuff for you to talk about buying. So why don't you go first, then, since you got the smaller list? Yeah,
1: mine will go real quick. So uh, I'll do bought because it ties to uh, a game we talked about that we played at PAX uh, was Quacks of Quedlinburg. Uh, I found it at a local liquidator for $20. And Yeah, that's a steal. I think, regardless if I dominated Quacks or I lost Quacks, I still would have paid $20 to own Quacks. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely uh, having a good showing at PAX made me like, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this guy $20 for this. Okay. So I immediately scooped it up. Uh, I actually almost went out today to that same store to see if they had any more, but I was running late to the podcast. So uh, I might go out after lunch here. And check to see if they got any more, but like a liquidated game for $20, especially a game of that magnitude, that replayability, uh, that amount of fun for $20. It's a no brainer. No brainer.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's a steal. Uh,
1: so yeah, that was my only thing I think I've purchased that is not a Christmas gift that we probably will talk about coming in January for any of my family members. Cause I guess I, I do that thing where you buy gifts for your family that you want to.
0: So. Yeah, Um, I've had to learn to stop doing that.
1: (laughs) Well, but, you know, I'm not wrong that I think the kids or the wife will like it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. All
1: right, so the the only thing I I have bought or backed right now, backed, is... and, And Ryan and I have been joking about it. I did cancel my pledge for Borderlands. There was a video... There's a guy on YouTube who... He does videos on why you shouldn't back Kickstarters. And I wish I would have been watching him a lot sooner. But but he he (laughs) broke the game down and he said, look, it's not that it's a bad game. This game is awesome. It is Borderlands in a box. That's what we all want. Right? That's all what we all wanted. But two things happened. Number one, he said, if you want Borderlands, then just play Borderlands. And I thought to myself, you know. I could, if I really wanted to play Borderlands, I could just play Borderlands. It would be a quicker entry for my son. He would love it. And I don't have to spend a half hour setting up all these game components and all these pieces. And then the second thing was yeah, the price point jumped so fast, so so quickly with content and and, and just dollars. And for a Company like Monster, Monster Studios or Monster Fight Studios. Again, I've never backed anything by them. I felt like they were playing a game that they are not ready for. Uh, Cmon can do that because Cmon has a proven track record. You know, most of their Kickstarters are million dollar Kickstarters. You got one IP. Yep. You can't be pumping all that content out so quickly, so fast, and expect to be almost rivaling the dollars of Masters in the Universe, right? When you do not have a Masters, a Universe IP, you have Borderlands. That's a five-year-old, ten-year, you know, maybe ten-year-old IP. Yeah, right. Not a what fifty-year-old IP? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and it's like well, actually, legendary no, it's IP, probably, what, like, thirty, <laughs> almost forty years, right? Masters in the Universe. So it's like I just it it scared me. It actually backed me backed me off because of of the track record and um you yeah, know again I I, I thought you too. know hey if I want to play Borderlands I can just play Borderlands too like it's not like my PlayStation Three doesn't work you know like so I don't know so that was that now I did back <laughs> I did take that pledge money and apply it to. Uh <laughs> Man versus Meeple season 4. They're a contributor on uh, a, a contributor on YouTube. Um now the reason why I backed it uh was that they uh it seems like are getting an exclusive King of Tokyo promo. So I'm paying almost $60 just for the King of Tokyo promo. Oh, you're weak Uh I love King of Tokyo promos. Anyway, I don't so know what it is with you? Uh, but I did back it promos. at a bundle tier, so I am the only backer for this bundle for the uh, Funkleverse uh, Marvel. So it's uh, if it, it, and we'll probably talk about Funkoverse at some point on the podcast. But uh, basically, it's like the kid version of Unmatched, or uh, uh, you know, a, a simple version of um, you know, sort of a dudes on the map. Skirmish type game. It's simpler. So, uh, there's a four pack of Marvel characters and a one pack expansion with Thanos. Uh, so basically you're paying retail for those and then you're getting the, or actually you're paying a little less retail for those. Uh, and then you're getting all those promos. So, dollar wise, it's a win. Now, I did, I did send a message. Not bad. To them asking, if there was actually a chance that the versions would be Chase, which actually adds the value of those games even higher because I'm a sucker for uh, the Chase versions of those games. But uh, I've not heard back yet, so we'll see. <laughs> and we'll see if it stays. I don't know. I might I might not get it. I don't know. But that is my bought, uh, bought and backed at current. Ryan, take it away.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of impressed how small that list was for you. But, you know, Christmas shopping and all that. Uh I'm going to talk about Kickstarter first cuz there's not a lot my bot list is a lot bigger. So at PAX I ran into um one game that I was kind of intrigued about more towards the back of the show floor and I had never seen this before. My son is really into Pokemon and started watching some other like I don't want to say anime but like something similar and it's called Aegis Combining Robot Strategy Game and it almost looks like Uh, Voltron and Pokemon had a baby. You could basically have like a set of these sort of unique robots. It's a card game. And, um, they kind of almost merge slash evolve like Pokemon into, you know, better versions of themselves or melded versions or whatever. And they can kind of like all combine into some giant robots and stuff and just slug it out or whatever. It looked like there were classes. So some robots are uh, like healers or defenders or offensive or defensive or whatever. Uh, the aesthetic of it was really cool cards look really cool like tarot sized cards i have a sample here that i got while i was at pax that i'm taking a look at now called omni 000 commander robot and it's got some cool abilities on it the art's really cool so they have a kickstarter coming up uh in q1 of 2022 um which looks really interesting so i'm gonna check that out for sure i may end up backing that uh, but i just wanted to talk about that a little bit because i thought it was one of the cooler things i saw at the show for for kids and then gonna give a shout out to it it's not out yet, but you were talking about video games that have board game translations. I am a huge Deep Rock Galactic fan. I play that game by myself, with my kid, with friends. Um, for those who don't know what it is, you're basically a dwarf on a space rig, and they launch you onto the surface of some, like, asteroid or planet, and you go down inside and mine minerals and stuff and bring them back. But while you're in there, there's these bugs, um, basically aliens that try and eat you and kill you in a variety of ways. And there's small bugs like swarmers. There's grunts, which are like the medium size. And then there's these massive things like oppressors and Praetorians. They're just enormous bugs. Uh, amazingly great video game. They're making a Kickstarter board game. That's going to start uh, somewhere between January, and March of 2022. The campaign will kick off and I'm, I'm back in that game. I know I could just fire up the video game, but it's such a distinct and unique sort of game that I think it might actually translate well to a board game and still be fun. It's got minis, so it's kind of you know I'm a little hesitant there that they're going to go full crazy with the price point and all that extra stuff. But the game, video game, is so fun. I could see it translating well to a board game. I'm going to check it out when the Kickstarter starts and see what the actual you know gameplay looks like and all rule book and stuff. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. But I'm pumped for it either way, so keep an eye out for that Uh, Deep Rock Galactic board game on Kickstarter. Again, sometime in Q1 of, of next year. And then the only other Kickstarter one I had, I got a copy, uh, a while back. I backed a game called Wizards and Relics. It was like 20 bucks, just a card game, looked very simple, kind of fun. Um, the art was very unique, not, nothing that blew me away, but it was, it was okay, 20 bucks. Let's give it a shot. I regret to inform you, it's not good. It's just not a good game. I ended up playing it twice uh, with the family, and it just fell so flat both times. I didn't enjoy it. They didn't enjoy it. It just isn't solid, so it's going on my purge pile. It sucks to say because it was a Kickstarter, and I was kind of looking forward to it, but uh, you know, you get some stinkers now and then, so Wizards and Relics, not that great. Maybe they'll come back with a rule revision that makes it fun, but for me, it's just not going to stick around. That takes me to the bot stuff, so this is a big list. I picked up Vasta Crystal Caverns after talking to Kyle. got me excited for the game. And we got it to the table um, last time. I think it was wins. you, me, and Joe. Is that right? Or you, me, and Brad? Yeah, you, me, and Brad. You played the cave. Yeah, the cave won. But that that's a very interesting game. I'd like to try it with five. I think it's probably best at five. I don't want to go too deep into it. But it was, it was fun. What did you, what'd you think of it?
1: I enjoyed it. I, again, I've never played it before. And uh, I was always intrigued by it. But, like... Knowing how unique of a game it is, right? With the ac- a- asymmetry, you really need the right group of people. And I think our group is those people. And I was impressed with it. Uh, it seemed yeah. like it really came down to that last couple turns, right? Where yeah. you were about to, well, I think actually, uh, Brad was about to steal the, the last, uh, treasure and, and tuck it away. Uh, you were smashing crystals left and right. I had forgotten I could kill you to win, right? Was that one of my things, right? <laughs> yeah. like I, I completely forgot about that because you were the only one who could kill the thief. So I needed you alive to try to cull the thief while I would you know, plant the crystals strategically where you guys couldn't get to them quick enough so that he could win. But uh, And then once you know I ran through those tiles, I saw that I was like, oh, I got to get to these tiles. I got to get through this quickly so that I could start revealing crystals and winning. And that's eventually how I ended up. Yeah. Uh, pulling it out. But uh, I'd like to see how we, when we throw in that fourth player, and specifically our fourth player, it, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, I think we should randomize the uh, the, the, the characters. Uh, yeah, me too.
0: Because we didn't get to see the goblins or the dragon, and and yeah. they're vastly different than everything else we played. So
1: No, but it's a solid game.
0: Yeah, I picked it up for like 90 bucks or something or 80 bucks off uh, Reddit. Yeah, but you uh, get all the all that stuff. Change subreddit. Yeah, I got, like, it came fully sleeved, it came with promos, it came with uh, an expansion pack or two, like, it was, and it has the models with it, so pretty much almost everything except for two models I think it, the game had, so definitely a good deal. I picked up a bunch at packs, and I'm just going to run down that list quick, and I'll, I'll save my favorite one for last. So I got Cascadia. Uh, which is a fairly recent release at the AEG booth. And uh, I got to play that for the first time last night with my wife and it's pretty good. It's a light tile playing tile placement, token placement game um, with blind bag draws for kind of repopulating the board selections. Um, I would say it's like 25, 30 minute playtime if you're not digging too deep and the scoring variety is pretty good. So I would recommend it for most people. I think it's just, it fits a, it fits a niche, uh, and it's pretty fun, not too crazy, very light and easy to play, you know, visually appealing. So check that out if you get the chance. I think it probably is priced a little higher than I would like, but like the component quality that the wildlife tokens are wood, the bag you get is really well made. So it's, it's pretty solid. When I bought that, I also picked up, uh, the war chest expansion. And with it, you get a free copy of Sheepy Time, which is another game that AEG published. And we got to play that once with the kids. So I'm not going to talk about it too much because I think we had to cut it short due to bedtime or something. But runs a little long, um, but wasn't bad. Kind of interesting entry into the family game space. Definitely haven't played anything like it before. A little bit of racing mechanics, a little bit of hand management. You get two cards to pick from, so you got to kind of choose what you want to play. Um, there's a nightmare that chases you around, so it kind of affects your ability to do anything depending on where it is or if you've already landed on it and it scares you. So we'll talk more about this at another time. I'd like to get actually, would really like to get a play in with, with you and your, your wife, with with uh, me and mine, just to see what you guys think of it too, because it's fairly yeah, it's light. It's been on to the list to try, Super to warm. be honest with you.
1: And uh, yeah. had I known that was a deal, I would have definitely. Had you spend fifty dollars for me at, at AEG's booth, just just in smash up expansions alone? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, there were plenty of those too. Um, so that that was a good get for for basically a free game for spending fifty bucks. I couldn't say no, and I saw it on sale today for twenty bucks. So it's pretty cheap if somebody wants to pick it up and give it a try. I I can't say I recommend it yet because I haven't had enough time playing it, but it looks interesting so far. I picked up Caesar, Seize Rome in 20 minutes. After seeing the shut up, sit down review for uh, Blitzkrieg and Caesar, I was sold immediately. That looks like such a solid two player game. I have not gotten to play it yet. I thought about trying solo just to get used to the mechanics, but uh, that might be a game that I bring out um, when we do like our two player night here. You know, one board game night, just split up into two groups of two and just crank out some two player games. Uh, it looks fantastic and I can't wait to get that to the table. I picked up the Masquerade expansion. Before packs, actually, I forgot to, neg- to neglected to mention that one. Uh, if you've never played Masquerade, it is kind of social deduction, I guess, and the Masquerade expansion just adds more characters to it, which is probably a bad thing for those of us who have horrible memories and can't remember anything. Yeah, it's, it's got that, that game, like
1: coup. It's almost coupish yeah,
0: style. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I think it's, it's better than awesome. coup. I do too, and and I don't think a lot of people either know of it or have played it, but it's easily one of my favorite party games ever if I can get Well, it to the for table what it's teaching. worth,
1: there is a reprint coming out in 2022 I did see early. That. Yeah. Uh the art looks a little different, I believe from what I'm gathering. It might be more mass market. So this might be like a target release cool.
0: with this new version yeah, of it. Yeah. It, um, it deserves I think it's game right, right? Uh, is 10. it a game right? No, it's not. It's, oh, is not, it, it's it's mean, repost, it wasn't right? Before. The- yeah. Is
1: it Repost, right? The company that does uh, Seven Wonders? I think with the so. The little, little uh, sombrero,
0: right? I think so, yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, so I think this might have got picked up for the reprint and the re theming uh, from a different company, if I'm not mistaken. I could be, but I did hear about it here just a couple weeks ago that it's coming. So uh, that might yeah. be my version I get, even though I really love the art and the old style.
0: Oh, yeah. The, I love the art of the old style. So much. It's so well done. Um, and that game is so well done. It deserves more table time. If I hope it goes to target and gets a wider audience, cause it's easily one of the best party games I've ever played. I've played, you know, like ultimate werewolf and all those and, and they're fine social deduction games, but this one goes another step further and, and mixes a little bit of that with coo- like coup mechanics. Like you mentioned is just so, so good. Um, so I'm glad I got the expansion, even though it's probably going to burn me in the end. Cause I can't remember who I am ever. There's so many jokes in our, our <laughs> nerd group about me forgetting stuff and, and Kaz forget. It's just a lot of good stories from that game. Excellent. The last one I want to cover is my favorite one that I've picked up at PAX. And I'm not surprised by this considering the pedigree, but I am from just looking at it. So we went to the Game Right booth and I picked up Trash Pandas for my daughter who really wanted it. Uh, we played that. I'm not going to talk about that because that's just a really good solid game. And, you know, it's been out forever. So plenty of reviews uh, to take a look at elsewhere. But I picked up one I had not seen before by Phil Walker Harding called super mega lucky box. Uh, I don't know if this is a new release. I never heard of it. It's gotta be fairly new from game, right? Cause it wasn't in any of their catalogs from last year. So I'm pretty sure it came out in 2021.
1: It was a new one.
0: I don't know how to describe this game, but it was easily my favorite. We played it twice with the family. Cause I thought, you know, it's like a perfect kid game. Um, it's basically like a lottery ticket, a scratch off lottery ticket. So the way the game works is you get three little board, three little cards in front of you that contain a grid of nine numbers. And on each side or bottom to the, off to the right or uh, to the bottom of the rows or columns, There are boxes with particular rewards in. So if you check off a row of numbers, you would get the reward on the right side. Or if you checked off a column of numbers, you would get the reward underneath that column on your card. And you have three cards to do this. And what happens is there's a deck of 18 number cards, one through nine. You'll split that in half and you'll flip nine cards in a round. And each time a card is flipped, you may cross off one box from any of your three cards, not across all three, but just one across all three. And if you trigger bonuses, you'll get tokens, you'll get additional numbers, which lets you create combos to to cross more stuff off. It is just so much simple, mindless sort of fun, like scratching off a scratch-off lottery ticket. And the combo portion of it, mixed with sort of the tokens that you get, allow you to kind of manipulate the game a little bit to trigger additional combos. And so you're basically just sitting there trying to build this – it's almost like a really, really stupid engine builder, but it is really fun. Um, I'm
1: actually looking forward to trying it. My when, you, of the show. when you sh- when you busted it out, I was like, oh, I didn't know it was a Bill Walker. Cause again, yeah, I didn't either. In know. fact, when
0: I bought it, I didn't know. I just bought it because I was at the you know, Game Right generally, for the most part, I have not played too many games from GameRight where I'm like, eh, this is awful. Like they're either like, it's okay, or I really like this. And so I thought, you know what, why not? Let's just try it. And I brought it home and I was I took the rules out and I was like, oh man, this looks fantastic for the kids. And they loved it. I loved it. It's great. So I highly recommend anybody who's looking for like a good family game. You know, not a lot of math involved, um, not a lot of real need to pay attention to the rules for the most part because they're just so simple. That is a fantastic recommendation and easily my favorite game uh, that I purchased at PAX. So that is Super Mega Lucky Box. Uh, game right published it. Phil Walker Harding designed it. Thumbs up both of them. Well, that will do it. Again, I think this is our last show of 2021. Looking forward to doing a lot more of this in 2022. Do you have any parting thoughts, wishes, hopes, dreams for our dear listeners at the end of this wonderful year slash trying terrible year?
1: Well, uh, I guess just a couple things. Number, uh The first is obviously everyone have a great and safe holiday. Hopefully you get the games that you put on your list. I am hoping to get the ones that I put on my list as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 2022, we're hoping to bring some more uh, updates for... Uh, my uh, smitten Kickstarter Kabula from Stranger Games Studio. Uh, so hopefully we'll have more content for that in the early years uh, as they uh, relaunch in February. Uh, don't forget to uh, listen to our other podcast in the Nerdhammer Network, Drunk and Disordered. Uh, it is a Kings of War podcast. There are some upcoming tournaments coming down the, you know, actually in, in early 2022 uh, that they'll be talking about. They also just got a new edition, so There'll be a, a, an upcoming podcast to talk about that. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or the Nerdhammer Facebook page uh, at PlayGamesLoseFriends.com. And that's, I guess, it for me, bud. I would just like to say
0: 2022 is going to be a great year for, for this uh, show and, and for our game group in general. We've got so much stuff to play, so yeah. many new games in this year That's good so ideas coming too. next year and yes i was going to say we've got some really cool ideas we're going to share with you next episode for sort of our plans for 2022 and what you can expect from the show so stay tuned look forward to having everybody back next year for a lot more fun and a lot more games discussion hopefully we didn't put you all to sleep through the first six episodes we also have some other reviews lined up and i'm hoping we can score a few more interviews early next year those are in the works right now so we'll see I want to wish everybody a very safe and happy holiday. Enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your new year. And we'll see you in 2022. Thanks, everybody. Have fun. Later.